Welcome to the Rainy Leadership Podcast, where we do a deep dive into company culture. Rainy is a car dealership located throughout South Georgia, and we are striving to be the best car company by first being the best care company. And one way that we do that is every week we meet and talk about company culture. Today, we're going to be diving into the book, Culture Rules by Mark Miller. And if you're following along, we are starting on page 18. You might be asking, why are we starting on page 18 and not page one? Okay, to be fully transparent, this is our third week actually studying this book as a group, which is, I get it, kind of an odd time to launch a podcast, but the first two weeks were so good that we decided we really wanted to expand our reach and record our discussions so we can impact more people within and beyond our company. And that's what led to this podcast. Today's episode is part one of two, and we're going to launch this thing with our general manager, Tommy McDonald. And next week, we'll hear from our CEO, Bob Rainey. So let's dive in to part one. Okay, well, great to see you this morning. Uh, This is really weird. I've got to tell you, this is totally uh, out of the box from what I ever expected a book club meeting to be because it, it started over in the conference room. It was just a few people sitting around a table and boy howdy as it changed. So, And I believe that is uh, part of the reason for that is because this particular subject is so critical to the success of what we do. It is not just an academic exercise for us to be here this morning. It is not just going through a few pages in a book. This is basically what makes the difference uh, in just an average company and an excellent company. It is the culture. It is a strategy. Uh, it, is a, uh, it, it is what makes us what we, are, what, what we are and what we want to become. The culture is, uh, in this company is phenomenal. It, is there room for improvement? Absolutely. Do we have to be careful that we don't become apathetic about it? Absolutely. And uh, I was out last week. I actually took a week of vacation. Thank you for allowing me to be off last week. Bob filled in. And, man, I came back and I found out we're going to have a podcast and we're going to have, you know, this is going to be recorded and he's going to do part of it. And I'm, like I said, he is the, he is the cultural guru. He, is, he has lived what we are trying to embody and practice day in and day out. And so I, I thought about a visual for Bob once he got a hold of this book because we've, we've both been kind of reading through it um, along with some others for a, a few months now. And I thought uh, what happened last week is like giving a T-bone steak to a bulldog. When I was away, Bob got a hold of that T-bone and buddy, he is <laughs> he is pounding away on this culture thing. He, he loves this. And listen, I do too. I do too, because I told you this last week. I came from a company that was the total opposite of what we have here. It was, who can, you, who can I step on to make myself look better? Um, it was, and I don't mean that, please don't think that the company, that I, several of you know the company that I came from to come here. It's not that way with every relationship, but some of the relationships, that's the way it is. And that was actually tolerated, much to my uh, dissatisfaction and a lot of the other people. And so there are a lot of people work, that work for that company here in Albany that really are beaten down. They, they're not liberated. They're, they, they, they're only there because they have to be there. 
Listen, I'm here today, and I hope you're here today because you want to be here. I haven't driven into work one single time since I started with this company and dreaded that drive. Now, there's been some busy times. We know about the busyness. Boy, it's, you know, golly, everybody here. I, haven't, I don't see anybody just kind of sitting around, you know, twiddling their thumbs. This is, we're engaged in this company, and what we do matters. And I think what has taken this company so far is the, the vibrant culture. And I want to read something that Bob actually covered last week. It is actually on page 17. Some of you might not have that page, but it's, a, it's the last line on page 17. Um, and this is what it says. The culture you build, good or bad, will outlive your time at the table. We're talking about the rules of the game this morning. We're talking about culture rules. We're talking about the rules of the game. What are those three rules? They're right here on page 19 if you want to skip over just a little bit. Aspire, amplify, and adapt. Aspire, amplify, and adapt. But going back to that statement that I just read to you, the culture you build, what are the next two, what the ne what's the next phrase? Whether, what'd you say? Good or bad. It will outlive your time at the table. That's the reason it's so important that we be careful about our conduct day in and day out by the way we treat other people. When an employee is late, when an employee is struggling, when an employee is, um, you know, doing things that you know they shouldn't do. How do you handle that? Um, you know, when they have, like for instance, we have several people that are out at the service center right now. Do I try to make them feel bad that they're not there? Absolutely not. And I tell, and you probably have heard me, some of you have heard me say this, you're not a robot. And I'm so thankful that we have a company that cares about people. Allow people to be human. Allow them to fail, allow them to struggle, and, and be the one who is their biggest cheerleader and encourager. And, and fortunately, Bob Rainey is, has been the, the champion of doing just, just exactly that. Because the culture that we build, the culture that is here, whether good or bad, is going to last beyond us. So we got to be careful with the way that we handle it. Remember the story of the, the fish we looked at? This was last two weeks ago when I was here. Um, one fish is swimming one direction, the older fish, and he goes by two younger fish. And uh, the older fish asks the younger fish, y'all remember the question? How's the water? How's the, water? <laughs> the other two younger fish swim along a little bit further. They said, what the H-E-L-L -L is water? <laughs> That's the culture. Listen, we're, we're in it. You guys have experienced it. Some of you might have experienced some bad stuff in the past. And so you know the importance of it. I know, Lisa, you came from a, a situation. Some of you, if you haven't been in a very toxic environment, you, uh, you might have had some small experiences with it. Maybe you haven't ever been totally engaged in it. But it's incredibly discouraging when it's that way. It's heartbreaking. It is, it is miserable to come to work. And that's why the cultural element of what we do here at Rainy Used Cars is so, so, so important. Um, Culture is defined as the cumulative effect of what people see, what they hear, what they experience, and what they believe. Now, what is cumulative? What does that mean? The cumulative effect. It's a small buildup of small things. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's exactly right. Um, it's, it's all together, and it's what people, what's the first thing they say? I see, see. see. Okay. Do people see 
culture is kind of somewhat invisible, but you can see the impact of culture in relationships and the way that people relate to each other day in and day out. So they see these interactions, they see these uh, decisions, they, they see how that impacts them. So they see things, uh, they hear things, right? What's the, what's the third thing that he mentions in it? Experience. Experience it. You ever had any negative experiences in a cultural setting? A few times, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all, uh, probably everybody here ha- has had that experience, has some negative experiences. But then, what's the last one? Believe. 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 That all, I th- all of those things, I think, culminate up to what you believe. It kind of all snowballs into that. Um, what, what do people believe about this company? You know, we, um, I've used this somewhat of an illustration before about um, different companies and what you think about them. And if I told you that I needed, or I asked you today, uh, say, Thomas, uh, I need you to run down to the post office and buy a few rolls of stamps, what would be your first thought about going to the post office? What that experience is going to be like? Oh, yeah, I already know what it's going to be like. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Details? Uh, it's going to be a really old building. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're going to look at you like you came from a foreign yeah. land or something. Yeah. Stamps? Oh, you want? Well, let me see if we got any. You know, it, it's amazing that the, the way that you get treated when you go to the post office. It's, listen, I'm not being critical. Uh, well, yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's difficult when you go to the post office, is it not? Now, when you go to the UPS store, is it a different experience? A lot of times I'm going to UPS because I'm dealing with something with Amazon, um, you know, a return package or something, something that was damaged. That's, that's my most, most of my interaction with UPS. But there's a whole different mentality when you walk in the UPS store. It's well lit. People are kind. They got things at, at your disposal to help you with packaging it up and getting it on the road, and they try not to make it too complicated. But think about this. One of the most uh, successful companies of our time is a company called Amazon. Now, what do y'all know about Amazon? What are some, just give me one word that describes Amazon. Easy. What's that? Easy. Easy? Okay. Huge. Huge, okay. Convenient. Convenient. All right. Yeah. Listen, do you realize that there are entire complexes that have gone, business complexes, brick and mortar buildings as we call them, they've gone out of business because of Amazon. Because what they have done is they have changed the business environment because of the way that they handle things. It's way easier to buy your shoes on Amazon than it is to walk in, you know, Dillard's or Belk or JCPenney or whatever. So a lot of that has, there's been a cultural shift, if you will. Amazon has got it. They figured it out. And listen, that's a flywheel company. We talk about the flywheel, Bob. And listen, I'm actually talking with someone now. I actually want to build a real flywheel. And uh, we've got to get Bob's approval on doing that, but they're pricing it right now. He didn't even know that. So, um, because listen, when that flywheel starts spinning, he's spinning this way. When that flywheel starts spinning, every little thing that we do keeps it going. It's a cumulative effect to keep the culture, the positive culture in this company going. It really does matter. But the three rules of the game, the three rules of the game to make a high, to have a high performance culture are number one, to aspire. 
high performance culture, aspire. And you're, if you look at page 19, share your hopes and dreams for the culture. Any of y'all ever heard Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, I Have a Dream speech? Can any of you tell me one of the lines that's key in that, in that speech? He said, I have a dream. I mean, we remember that part, right? But what is the dream? What is the dream that Martin Luther King Jr. had? For all people to live together peacefully and equally. That, that, is, that, that is true. One of the lines that I, one of the first lines in that is this. That people would be, not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. What a powerful line. Listen, that's still a dream. It still hasn't become reality in all actuality. What is our dream? What is the dream of Rainy Hughes Cars? Is it to sell more, Christy? We do want to sell more. <laughs> is it to build 10 more service departments so we can work on more cars? Uh, is it to get a whole lot more tow trucks so we can tow more? <laughs> uh, you know, is it to have another uh, recycling center minute so we can have, you know, 300 acres and, yeah. you know, recycling? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but what is the dream? What is the dream? What I love about what Bob has done with his company is he has made it much more than just about the car business. It's about people. That's what this building is. This is a, almost a million dollar building and the whole back half of it is for this. It's building people. It's building into people. That's why we're having this. That's what's so amazing. And that is, that dream came from him. And I told y'all this before. Y'all haven't heard me say this, but I repeat myself a lot because, you know, repetition is key to people remembering it, right? And I say it so I can remember it. But, you know, when I walked in this building, I had just, I don't remember if I had already started with Rainy or I was about to. This place was a disaster. I mean, it was, it was junk. And Bob said, yeah, I want to build a big conference room back here and have a place that we can meet. And, you know, I had no idea his total vision. But he knew. And then when we got it almost done, there was a column right there. And it cost us about $25,000 to move. It looked like this, except it had a column just like that right here. So it would be between me and Bob. And Bob said, we were, we were a week or two away from moving in the building. He said, I want to move that column. I was, uh, he said, how much would it cost? I guesstimated to 10000 but it cost 25 I think, to move it. But listen, is it, has it been worth the investment? You doggone right it has. Because we get to have stuff like this. I don't know of another company in this city that does this. We're not just a car company. We are a care company. And if you care about people, they're going to care about their job, and it's going to exponentially affect the entire company and every single person in it. Is, it, is what we do easy? Doggone straight it's not. Those technicians that are over there working in the heat, Bennett out there at the, at the recycling center, I mean, that young guy that's out there uh, running around, those two young guys, it's hot out there, isn't it? That's a tough job. But we want to do more than just have them perform a job. With, with sales, listen, there are long days. Right, Brandon? There are days that, you know, you get home and it might be 9 o'clock at night and the, and the business closed at 6 or 7. In your case. So you get you work long hours, you invest, but why do people continue to pour into it? Because they're making a difference in people's lives. It's more than selling cars. Listen, what is what is your famous phrase? One of your famous phrases, Christy? What's that? What's that? <laughs> oh, buy or die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that wasn't the one I was thinking. 
That's good. That's good. <laughs> you got a lot of them. Ride with, ride with Rainey's one of them, right? Ride with Rainey. Okay. There you go. Say it again. Make a friend. If you don't sell a car, make a friend. Listen, if we had that mentality with everybody that we come into contact with, that would exponentially affect sales. We would have to build another recon department so we'd be able to keep the cars on the lot. Because it's about relationships. That's what Bob Rainey got. He caught on to that. And that is his dream is that this is not the car, just about a car business. It might have started that way, but it's a, it's a people business. It's an investment. And I'm so, so absolutely honored to have the opportunity even just to stand up. Listen, I'm not, I'm not the, the cultural guru. I'm just one cog on the wheel. But it, it takes everybody. It takes everybody. We can't, I think there's one phrase in the book and I'm not going to, I can't, can't remember what page it's on. But it says that there is, you know, um, you, can't, you can't pass it off to somebody else. This issue of culture. You can't delegate it. I think the word that they use, uh, he uses in the book, it's malpractice to do that. Can't remember what page it's on. Just throw that out there. But do you have a do you have a dream for what you want it, for this company to be? Bob Rainey has it. He knows it. He lives it. And he we aspire to um, be better than we are. You know, I was um, thinking about this high performance culture. Don't y'all like my little slide? I worked really hard on that. I really did. I mean, I'm, I, I spent probably an hour on that slide. And, uh, and thank you, Mike, for helping me. Being where you at. There you go. Thank you for helping me with that. Um, <clears throat> but high performance culture. Have you ever been to a, a Zach, you're a, a race fan. I know you've been to the drag races. Was that the first drag race you'd ever been to when we went to um, Gator Nationals? Like a big one. Nah, other than Albany. <laughs> okay, I had never been. <laughs> other than Albany? Like Oh, Putney. Okay, yeah, I know. Okay, I had been to those. So I got, I got free tickets to go. Uh, Henry invited me. I went down to uh, Jacksonville, Florida a couple years ago and went to my first Nitro Dragster race. I didn't know what Nitro, I heard of Nitro. I didn't know the difference it made. When they put that nitro into that engine, it turns that thing from just a regular sounding engine into something that sounds like, uh, I, I don't know how, how to describe it. It's, it becomes incredibly loud. And I, I, was, I was down there and you know it was freezing cold. The wind was blowing 30 miles an hour. And, um, and we, we literally had to get out of the stands just to thaw out for a minute. So when we walked back, the first nitro dragster race took place. And I was standing at the fence. I'll never forget it. And I, I saw them take off. I knew they were a lot louder. But, buddy, when they came by, it was like the percussion of the explosions in that engine. Listen, one cylinder on that nitro dragster has four times the horsepower of what my truck does. One cylinder. It's like eleven or 12,000 horsepower. It's incredible. I mean, you can't. And I was like, I look like some kind of kid that just got their first lollipop or something. I said, did you feel that? <laughs> I was just overwhelmed with how, what, the, what that was. I mean, it shook the entire, it took, shook the ground. And if you watch, if you put your cell phone down on the stands, it will vibrate your phone off the stands. That's how loud it is. But it's that high performance. Regular ones, nitro, buddy. And you add that element. And that's the difference in the culture, cultural element in a company. 
That's the reason people want to come to work. It's that extra element. It is that we have a dream to make things better, to, uh, to be different, to not just go through the motions, but to actually care. I have no idea what time it is. I need to give Bob plenty of time. Oh, we got five minutes. Okay. All right. So, um, aspire, aspire. That is, share your hopes and dreams for the culture. Share your hopes and dreams for the culture. Share your hopes and dreams for the culture. Amplify. Ensure the cultural aspiration is reinforced continually. Any of y'all drive over any bridges coming here today? You have any problems with them? Huh? What's that? Bridge. Anybody drive over? I drove over several. Thought about this one. <laughs> what are bridges made of? Metal. Okay. Yeah. Most of us think when you see a bridge, you see these huge concrete horizontal beams that go across right. But do you know what holds that together? The rebar that's in it. It's the reinforcement in it. That is what I, I pictured in thinking about amplifying our dream. Reinforcing it. It has to be some it has to be something that is done continuously. Listen, we have these, we have these meetings, you know, among the the managers and the, the, the big influencers in our company, but how does that get to the recon shop? How does that get to the sales teams that are in Vidalia and LaGrange and Moultrie and Thomasville and Americas and Cordell? How, how, you know, how does that get out? It has to be something that we don't just talk about in here. It has to be lived out. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll say this and as I kind of wrap up, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful that um, we are in a company where the man who runs it cares about people. Not just as a nice little, you know, I, I really like you, you're doing a great job kind of thing, but he really cares. and. Uh, So I have been going through a little bit of a tough spot here lately, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> Bob drags me into his office. Not drags me in; he asked me to come in. <laughs> Didn't have an option, but I, but I, but I willingly went, and and uh, he just we just talked for a few minutes, and uh, most people wouldn't think anything about that, but I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that. Did he have to do that? He's got, he was trying to get on an airplane to leave Monday. And, but he, came, he took the time to sit down and talk to me for a few minutes because he knew something was wrong. I hadn't said anything to anybody, but he knew something was wrong. And uh, I'm not proud of the struggle, but I'm just telling you, sometimes people are, that you work with every day, they're struggling. Do you care? <laughs> or you just try to punch the clock and get on through the day? Sometimes it's that, that little care element that makes all the difference in the world. And, uh, you know, um, I got to be honest with you. <clears throat> because of this little bit of a struggle, it was a struggle for me to do this today. Because um, I feel like I'm way out somewhere emotionally. And so I'm not quite myself. But, uh, but I, I can't because of him. Because he cares. And he cares about you too. And that's going to, believe it or not, that's what's going to make the difference as this thing continues to go is, um, you know, I, I cross paths with the guys over here in the shop. You know, I know 
Several are struggling physically. John Freeze's wife and Brownwood uh, Body Shop. Uh, she's got what I believe is uh, a cancer that could very well take her life in the next year. Uh, the gentleman that's a technician over here in the recon shop, same thing. Um, another gentleman that I know over there that's going through a divorce. And if you'll just take the time just to listen just a little bit and show that you care, just like that little short conversation Monday between Bob and myself, I'll never forget that. And um, that makes me want to do more and also to treat others that way. That is reinforcing this culture. Uh, it's amplifying it. It is living it. And adapt, that means to enhance it. And of course, we're going to cover all of these, all of these um, rules later in, in a little bit more detail. <clears throat> but any of y'all ever played chess? <clears throat> I got a story to tell you about chess. I'll be done. I'm going to take one minute. So <clears throat> when Jody and I got married, we were, I was in school my last year at Mercer University, and <clears throat> I, um, I love to play chess. And uh, so I wanted Jody to learn to play chess, my wife. And so I taught her. Well, then she beat me. <laughs> And we never played again. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. I mean, you know, what's the weakest piece on the, on the chessboard? You know what it is? Pawn. The pawn. Guess what I got wiped out with? A pawn. That was what disturbed me. I got beat by the weakest piece on the board. And it was just as plain as day when you, look, you replay this in your mind and you're looking back and you're thinking, oh, well, you know, after I made my move, I realized, uh-oh, she's thinking to take me out. She took my king out with a dang pawn. I still remember that. I mean, it hurts. I mean, we don't play chess anymore. <laughs> well, this game that we're in uh, can be difficult. There are a lot of different moves we can make and how it, how it goes. They don't need to be painful moves. They can be moves that, that build. It's not... Jody's intention with her pawn was to take me out, and she did. And, um, but our intention is not to take people out. It's to keep people in the game. It's to make the game uh, magical. We kind of got somewhat of a circle here. I thought about putting the chairs in the circle today, but the, the magic circle is uh, playing by these rules. Easy to do? No. There's not another company in this city that I, that I know of that's doing what we're doing. And I'm so thankful that that magic element of this culture is here. We hope as you listen to this podcast, it'll motivate your team and you guys will play the game, as Mark Miller says in Culture Rules. Thanks again. We'll see you next week for part two.